I'm yellow. I'm blue. Oh, she's back. <laughs> I'm back after a very long hiatus, my friend. Very long hiatus. It was a, I, I just like, yeah. Yeah. You know, th- life happens. Life, life happens, happens and yeah. it gets in the way of everything. That's it true. True. And we got to honor and respect the time that we need to mm-hmm. just, you know, be able to come back to something and right. know that it's the right time. Yeah. Um, today we are talking about a book called Dominicana, Dominicana by Angie Cruz. And um, this is not the only novel she's written. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also written Soledad, which um, I've, I've, I've also wanted to read, but just like never got the chance. Mm. Um, but she's an incredible author. Yeah. Like if you read through Dominicana, it's just like a very nuanced portrayal of like the different characters that are like within the book. And I, I really loved it because I think that it shows a lot of different sides to a lot of different characters it's not only focusing on sort of the thoughts and emotions of the main character Anna it also focuses on like elements of filial piety but within the lens of like the people who are going through that what experience. was that word you just said filial piety it's not just an Asian culture thing people it's all cultures <laughs> hold on I'm definitely doing a filial piety filial piety f-i-l-i-a-l-p-i-e-t-y space in between the filial piety filial mm-hmm. filial l-i-a-l ah okay so for those of you that don't know like i didn't know um let's see filial piety okay oh my gosh is the virtue of respect for one's parents, elders, and ancestors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look, I had to do a <laughs> search on that real quick. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? I'm sorry. Continue. So the, the so the synopsis of the book is that there's this girl, mm-hmm. Anna. We are first introduced to her when she's 11. And, she's okay. ta- and the first line of the book, I just thought it's so interesting, where she describes like, how she's flat chested 11 years old and that's the first time that she meets her future husband Juan Ruiz mm-hmm. and um, as the book goes on he actually turns out to be 32 and she gets she's 15 when she marries him so it's like oh. it's really problematic but um, so she lives in the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. and it's like the time it's like in the 50s 60s where it's like a lot of like tumultuous sort of civil warfare mm-hmm. And um, so Juan lives in New York City, goes back and forth for like his businesses Mm -hmm. and her parents, her mom is like a really strong Dominican woman and her father's like kind of weak, very, it's like it contrasts. Like passive. Yeah. It kind of contrasts with like the machismo men that we are so used to hearing about, Mm -hmm. which I think is a welcoming contrast. But um, her mom, you know is like you need to marry this guy because he can help us sort of get green cards to the u.s and so she marries him and they you know go to new york city on her visa application she's written as 19 years old instead of 15 so problematic (laughs) and so they go to new york and you know when she goes to new york she's isolated she doesn't speak any english she doesn't like know anyone she's so apart from the culture that is like the u.s and so her husband goes out but like he just leaves her behind but the interesting thing is that her mom when they you know send letters back and forth and like make phone calls she's her mom is always pushing her to be to like ask him for things or like to be Mm. the more aggressive one not the passive one like 
you need to make sure that you give me this or I want that or I but mm-hmm. it, you know she's a she's a girl she's 15 right. so she's not going to be like asking for these things right and so we just see her sort of in this like isolated state mm-hmm. and um I was actually talking to my mom about this mm-hmm. because like I really liked the story because Angie actually initially was thinking about writing this book as a non-fiction novel but be based on her mom's narrative okay. but uh instead chose it to be a fiction one mm-hmm. but it's still based on her mom's story right um and so when i was reading this i called my mom and i was talking to her about this and she was just like i completely understand mm. like i didn't speak any english you know mm. i was like less than a year i was pregnant with you and didn't I was so apart from the language so apart from the culture I didn't have a car and you know my mom moved to Ontario which is like you you can't go anywhere without a car right 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 so it was you know this like this isolation that really sort of made me like empathize with her Mm. and also like kind of connected back to my mom Um, and I really like the way in which Angie wrote about her and her experiences because it it's not just about like her like her experiences right like it's also she gives light to like her thought process her emotions like and she does different things that you know she she writes about Anna in a way that like makes us understand her loneliness yeah and I really sort of I really empathized a lot with that like she gives pigeons her family's name mm-hmm. and um she talks to them as if she was talking to her mm. family oh my god <laughs> yeah so it was it's really interesting and i i really appreciated this novel for what it was and i mm. think that it also brings a lot of um there is a lot of intersectionality between like immigrant women of color mm-hmm. right it's not just limited to the dominican woman's experience right it's sort of like a widespread experience that mm-hmm. like a lot of women and even men can understand for sure mm-hmm. um so how does the book end so the book ends with her pregnancy okay so she she becomes pregnant mm-hmm. and it's like i don't want to tell you all the plot twists but like she is she's like also falling in love with her husband's brother his, his name is cesar uh, and so, mm-hmm. and so while Juan is away, they sort of like get together. They have these like shared experiences, and then he's like, "Run away with me." She obviously has a duty to her family because she wants to bring them to the United States right, and for right. their visa. And only Juan can do that. Yeah. Um, and so she says no. Okay. <laughs> and um, and he. You know, and at the end, she's pregnant. With her whose child? With uh, Juan's child, her okay, husband's okay. child. Mm-hmm. Her mom comes and, you know, they proceed to have this baby. But then she also realizes that Juan is like an abusive motherfucker. Mm. So, cool. yeah. you know, and then mom begins to see like, oh, this is not, this is not what I imagined for you. Like, this is yeah. not what I want for you. Like, you are, right. like, yes, you, you're providing me with. My like these opportunities, and yeah. you're helping my daughter with, mm. you know, her opportunities as well. But it's like mm. this isn't worth it. So mm. they sort of like the ending is super short, which I didn't quite like. <laughs> okay. Um, is there um another book coming after? Or? I don't think so. But I okay. we so I read this in my book club, and we were talking about it, and we're like we should there should be like a Dominicano dose. <laughs> 
just so that we can see <laughs> like you know the resident like what yeah. happens with the child like yeah. what happens with the relationship with her and her mom because yeah. like the relationship that Anna has with her mo mom is a fraught one. Like, mm. as soon as her mom comes into the United States, like, she begins to criticize Anna and, like, everything mm. that she does, mm. you know? So it's it's a really sort of complicated book focused on culture, food, mm. and, like, family cultures and ties. Mm. But, like, it's a really complicated one in the fact that, like, these relationships are not always perfect. Right. And that these relationships to cultivate them it takes a lot of work mm. um but i i really enjoyed reading it yeah i could tell yeah. i just <laughs> i really enjoyed I reading tell. it i thought it was so like so beautifully written yeah. and yeah. it's just incredibly poetic and you know yeah and i think uh, i don't know when the book came out september or like oh, last was, year yeah it was, it okay was, so it's super hardback. recent mm -hmm. okay cuz i'm thinking about like like those women in El Paso, those pregnant women who mm. were held at a, det a detention center. Yeah. And you were talking about how the book, basically woven in throughout the book is this feeling of loneliness mm -hmm. and how she so eloquently and, and it made you think about your mom mm -hmm. and how, how she, how lonely she must have felt in her experience coming yeah. here. Now, granted, it's a completely different type of experience because... I mean, not completely different, but that feeling mm -hmm. of being in a foreign land, not speaking the language, right. not having family that you can rely on or, or a community mm -hmm. of any sort that you can rely on. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking about how those women must, how lonely those women must feel mm -hmm. that them carrying a life form isn't even enough for you, to, for the, for these, for the government to see your humanity, mm -hmm. yeah. which is wild. Um, mm -hmm. But I know that you talked about um, sort of the, the major point of con uh, connection for you was how the book talks about immigrant women of color just mm -hmm. in general. Um, can you just talk a little bit about your experience as being a, a child of an immigrant and mm -hmm. how maybe that sense of loneliness may be attached to you, how that affected mm -hmm. you um, and you growing up? Yeah. So I would say that in the beginning when I was growing up in Ontario, which is primarily sort of a lot of like black and brown people of color who primarily reside there. Mm -hmm. And so I growing up, um, we didn't move on to Orange County until I was like five or six. Mm -hmm. And I just like We're talking about California. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> 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 um, and I just I remember you know telling my mom like I don't see anyone like me mm. I don't like yeah I speak this language at home and there was also this disconnect because I actually grew up speaking Korean I didn't grow up speaking English mm. and so when I would go to like daycare I wouldn't really understand mm. like anything yeah. and so I remember distinctly like when I started kindergarten in Orange County I had to get like intensive ELL services because mm. I just like I couldn't even ask to use a restroom mm. And so that was also sort of like a sense of like isolation for me. Everyone, sure. every one of my peers could speak the language mm. in which, you know, my teachers were talking except for me. Mm. Um, and when I moved to Orange County, um, there was just like suddenly so much more people who looked like me, yeah. who spoke like me. And I actually, <laughs> I've never felt grateful for that mm. in my mm. adolescence. I felt so grateful for that experience. Um, 
when I actually moved to DC. Mm. <laughs> and <laughs> until um, you were sort of back into where you started. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's you know, it's come full circle. Yeah. It's yeah. um but I yeah, like and when I started elementary school, like some of my teachers were Korean, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love because like not only could I relate to their experiences, but like my mom could actually like have a conversation mm-hmm. with my teachers mm-hmm. and actually kind of speak sort of like the nuances of my own education, yeah. you know, not just the standard. She's doing great. Like, let's move mm-hmm. on. It's mm-hmm. like she needs help with these elements. And like you, th- this is what you can do for her when she's at home. Mm-hmm. And um, growing up, I even though there are a lot of kids like me whose parents didn't speak English, mm-hmm. um, I felt kind of like I felt like I had a very I had a very heavy burden on my shoulders in mm. terms of like my responsibility to my family. Mm. Like we had, I had to like translate for my parents at conferences at like the grocery store, mm. um, just like different elements. And even like when I was in junior high and high school, like I got involved in like legal stuff as well. Like mm. my parents would go to court for like traffic issues and s- yeah. small things like that. But like I would be there to represent and translate. Yeah. Um, That's a lot. It is a lot. And I mean, there are also additional experiences that I just don't want to talk about in terms of like the severity of what it was. And it's not that I would ever say I just didn't like doing this. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was just this was my life and this is what it entailed. Yeah. And and making sure that like my family was Mm -hmm. was okay. And I felt like for me, that was a responsibility that I felt like no one else really had or Mm. I no one else had that they could speak about as well with me. Mm. So it was um, because maybe people who were experiencing it just didn't have the the sort of bird's eye view of Mm. what was happening and being able to name it and be able to talk about it Mm -hmm. in a way where it could help connect with other people Mm -hmm. like yourself. Um, I'm as you were talking I'm th- I was thinking about how important the having a community mm-hmm. that like you said your teachers were a- you could speak to you like actually now you're speaking the same language and you didn't have to so much you weren't lonely mm-hmm. as lonely anymore but yeah. I think what that loneliness sort of transferred over with now you're okay so now that you, that Esther is established mm-hmm. <laughs> now you are being now that deep sense of oh, what's that word again Fil- filial piety <laughs> yes <laughs> um, now that's even greater for you because now your family is I don't want to say using you but mm-hmm. like now you play a role in your family that helps them get acclimated yeah. into you, you know into mm-hmm. not to say that they didn't do that on their own but in terms of the language mm-hmm. and developing community and just understanding what's happening i can only imagine how now that's how the loneliness transferred to you Mm -hmm. your your family's loneliness in terms of being in a foreign place that sort of has transferred down to you in Mm -hmm. this this role that you now play Mm -hmm. as like a third adult yeah i mean you are an adult (laughs) but you know what i mean like the third parent almost in a way yeah because of the role that you play. I don't know if that makes sense or, you're, yeah, or no, is valid. It, it makes a lot of sense. And um, when I was growing up, my sister, who is like six to seven years, depending on like our given ages, mm-hmm. um, 
I almost feel like I played like a parent to her. I'm a third mm. parent. And you're that's exactly right. Like I I've always felt like I've had a ton of responsibilities growing up. Mm. And which has made me mature faster than well like emotionally in terms of responsibility right, um right. in con- like contrasted to my peers. Yeah. And um for me that was just like it wasn't it wasn't a decision that I made. Yeah. like to grow up faster but of it was course. just more like this is what needs to happen and yeah. i will do what i can yeah um and i think for me like people sometimes sort of question like they will question is it really your responsibility to do mm. all these things mm. is it really your responsibility to make sure that like your parents can get what they like why aren't they taking responsibility yeah. for like their own life and it's like they are though they are yeah they've they've and given, they have yeah and they absolutely have yeah. like they've given up so much of their own identity of their own culture and their life to make sure that my sister and i have a better life for ourselves like i currently <laughs> graduated with a bachelor's from one of the best universities and also a master's from one of the best universities yeah. in this nation yeah but that wouldn't be if my parents hadn't done what they had done and sure people can say like oh that's that's you that's you as an individual but your individuality isn't cultivated when you're a child your individuality is cultivated by your community and my community was my family so they instilled in me these virtues of resiliency of community and of individuality when i was growing up and i think that i wouldn't be as successful as i am today without some of the responsibilities that I've placed on myself in essence. Yeah. And for me, it's people sometimes still don't understand like why I get stressed out about Mm. my family's future because they're like, well, your family, like they'll figure it out. Like they're adults Mm. and I get that they are, but it's like, I also want my family to be safe Mm. and healthy and not stressed out because they spent the majority of their adult lives in that sort of anxious state of like, I need to fraught, I believe is yes, the word that, that you is used. Absolutely. It's like, I'm taking notes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like fraught with anxieties mm-hmm. and stressors mm-hmm. and like it, and also caring for two young children and yeah. bringing them up in the best way that they could. Cause yeah. that's not easy. Like I'm a teacher for fifth graders and I see where parents go wrong yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like we see parents that are not fit to parent and yeah. I, or parents who are just trying their best to parent yeah, and they just like, they're not able to. Yeah. Yeah. And I am so grateful that my parents put in, that my parents were amazing. Yeah. I'm so grateful to like be their child. Yeah. My yeah. mom is an amazing, resilient woman and yeah, I learned sure. so much from her. Yeah. And you know, that lady deserves a fucking break. <laughs> and yeah. I yeah. can give her that break. I can give my mm. dad who breaks his back every day. That's and that's the responsibility that I choose to put on myself as an adult. Like yeah. I am I am a twenty five year old woman and I'm making that choice. Yeah for myself and for Mm. my family to make sure that like they're going to be okay Mm. but that's a decision that i'm making for myself yeah and that i'm proud to make for myself um how does that like in terms of your um like as cheesy as it is to say like your life purpose Mm -hmm. how much does that your role that you play for your family or just 
how does that impact your identity in terms of, you know, like, I mean, I, I, based off your response before I can kind of gather, but in turn, cause I'm just thinking about like the major takeaway from Dominicana was the, um, the effects of being, or what happens with uh, immigrant women in this country, women, immigrant of color, Mm -hmm. immigrant women, excuse me, of color in this country and how you really connected to how palpable the loneliness Mm -hmm. was. Um, and that personal connection that you have of that feeling with your mom and and your dad and how they tried to establish their own identity in this new place, how has in your quest to establish your own identity? Um, yeah, I don't know if that question makes sense, but yeah, I'm so for me, there was this quote that, um, that someone once told me, I read somewhere. It's that, and I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember what the That's exact totally words fine. are. That's I'm known for butchering everything. <laughs> it's that our our immigrant parents didn't have an opportunity to cultivate their own identity. Mm. But we, as the child of immigrants mm. do, like we mm. have the opportunity to cultivate our own identity. Mm. And that's a really good question because like I'm here I am saying that like my life is going to be about my family but yeah. like what about me you know yeah. and that's that's something that I also sort of like question mm-hmm. all the time it's like so much of my identity is like tied with my family but like mm-hmm. what about me as an individual mm-hmm. and right now that's still sort of a question that I'm like struggling with mm. you know it's like I and like that's the thing about me being by myself here in DC is that like I am given the opportunity and the space to like kind of figure that out. Yeah. But that also is why I feel like I'm so isolated mm. from time to time. It's that like people just don't there's there people just don't quite understand that. You know, it's like you can still be an individual apart from your family. Mm. And but like the question is like like how mm. you know and so I feel like in my time in DC I feel like I've been really given the opportunity to explore elements of myself like what I want for my future aside from like making sure that my family is okay right right and I think that like I'm like I'm gonna live my life as the best way that I can right like I'm not gonna limit myself in terms of like who I like like dating yeah. friends you know these are elements that I feel like I'm still sort of like perusing and playing with, but I don't feel like I'm limited just because I'm, I'm dedicating a part of my life to my family. No, it's just, it's like a, just an added piece of like family, community, individuality. Um, and I feel like it, it does take a lot of work, but it's, it just takes a it's lot possible. of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just takes time. Yeah. And as you were talking, I was thinking about our conversation when we talked about the farewell on our first podcast Oh yeah, and how that, that was a big conversation. And she was mm-hmm. like, that's Americans are all about like, just me, 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 the mm-hmm. individual. And like, you forget where you came from Yeah, and that we care about the family first. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was a, an, another um, sub theme, if you mm-hmm. will, of the movie is that sort of mending that, um, to try to find that balance between your individuality and your family being a priority. Mm-hmm, right. Um, the f- filial piety. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> sound like the kids. 